Biff, have you ever heard my joke about the bat pole vaulter? I have not heard your joke about the bad pole vulture. What is your joke about the bad pole You know, vulture? I'm not going to even tell it. It never goes over well. It doesn't go over well. You know, Biff, if I had 50 cents for every math test I failed in high school, I'd have $6.30. Where do you come up with these jokes? I mean, is it like... Do you actually try to build these jokes or whatever? I don't want to know, actually. I don't know. I didn't ask anything. <laughs> Let's just move on. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. Uh, this is Biff. And welcome back. We had a nice almost month hiatus. Uh, I, I have I have nice, nice for all the so-called listeners. You know, um, you know, but about half of them we cover on the text thread we have. <laughs> but they don't have time. to listen. Well, they, they have to listen to me when I show up at, you know, Friday Night Hockey, but they don't have to listen to Yale. So. You know, you see, I was, I had I something, I don't know. Oh, I know it. So my little guy sitting next to me yesterday and he's tying his shoe, he's sitting on the chair and I'm like, hey, let me see your shoe for a second. He hands it to me and I throw it across the room. And of course, his mother just looks at him like, what are you doing? You know your father's going to do that. And it made me think, I wonder how many people at F&H, because you, didn't, you, didn't, you might have seen people go out onto the ice to get their sticks, but how many times, like, you know, the opening face-off of F&H, whether it be a new guy on the bench, I'd be like, oh, hey, is, is that the new Titan? Can I see that? And they, as soon as they hand me the stick, I throw it on the ice to the other side of the rink. And um, I don't know why I do that. I, you know, I think I do it for an audience. I think we form. all know why you do that, because you're a jerk. I mean, <laughs> and, and I don't know why I do that. And it's funny because some of the people who I've gotten are really smart people who know me. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I giggle like a school girl. Anyways, um, enough of that FNH talk. How has FNH been real quick? It's oh I didn't I missed it last week, but it's been fine. I mean, you know, we get you know, we get down, we play. Um, uh, we don't play as long as we used to because people are still kind of getting back into uh whatever pre-COVID shape and so on. But yeah, <laughs> it's been good. So next week and we kind of back. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, we're close to our we're close to our previous ice slots. So um nice it's kind of later in the evening. And so I think it's kind of made things easier for a lot of people also. So it's cool. Yeah. Uh, next week we will be doing a uh, a belated Richard Donner um, sideshow. Man, what a career that guy had! What a career that guy had! Yeah, if if I if I only knew who the hell you were talking about, I could weigh in on how great he was. Well, I you know what? I, I'll go. I'll just give you a little bit. Uh, the Omen, Superman, The Toy, Goonies, The Lethal Weapon franchise. Scrooged. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, the, the, the Omen, 1976, I mean, that pretty much was the template for horror movies going forward. You know, I mean, Superman was basically, you know, the tagline, you will believe a man can fly and in 1978. I mean, that was so groundbreaking that it did. It paved the way for, it paved the way for, you know, you know, Batman a few years later, well, after Superman 2. Yeah. The, you know the Batman franchise and on from there, but well, yeah, Batman. Bat, I think Batman. Batman's a different animal, right? Because you know, I, but, you know, but, 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 this, this, but this is the first time they say, you know what? If we put real money behind a superhero movie, yeah. we think it's that's not- a, that's a, that, that's 
Yeah, that's legit. That's yeah, legit. They, they created let's, a genre. Let's, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that later. Yeah, as it is, I'm not going to know what to talk about. So here okay. we go. Uh, but seriously, you know, uh, I, I, you know, it's been so much since we've even caught up. Uh, you know, I'd ask if you miss me, but we know that's a rhetorical question. Uh, have I brought you, you being the listener, up to speed on the new rescue dog Valkyrie? Um, uh, uh, how many eyes? Uh, two eyes. She has how two many legs. How many legs? Three-legged pit bull. Okay. And cool. we lost my we lost the love of my life three years ago, a little over three years ago. My dog Loki, we lost. And I'm sure we, your family will be happy to hear that statement. It's a good thing they don't listen. Oh no, that, I no, <laughs> there's if you know me, there's complete <laughs> transparency. Complete, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I know it works the other way. You like. Uh, on a good day, if Duran Duran isn't in the news, I make my wife's top five, uh, you know, but otherwise, you know, I, 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 I know the pecking order. No, but we, we had this, this dog Loki, 14 years, love of my life. I wasn't yep. ready to replace him. In that time, we've rescued 50 other dogs have come and gone. And there's been, we've really been lucky with some of the wonderful dogs that we've had and found in great homes. We were fostering this this was supposed to be a foster and it took yeah. about 24 hours for me to say yeah we're keeping her and and, and the uh, foster fail it's, and a, it's your fault that's, uh, that's actually cool that's cool. yeah yeah and, I, and and in honor of loki i wanted to keep it in that asgardian family um and so i thought lady sif um who's part of the warrior three a good friend of, of thor's but and if you saw either endgame or you saw, um, you know, Ragnarok, she, you know, right. Valkyrie was a big character in those right. movies. Yeah. So, so, so we went with Valkyrie. Michelle, what's her name? What was her name? Michelle, the actress's name. I mean, she's been on other great, you know, other great stuff. You no, know, she did Men in Black with, with Chris. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, she was fantastic in that. And I think she's in Love and Thunder coming up, you know. Actually, I heard there might be a spoiler that Valkyrie and Lady Sif might become an item in the new Thor Love and Thunder. So that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, and, and you didn't want to use uh, uh, Jane Foster. No, 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 no. Come on. That's too, you know, Come on. That's too easy. Foster. That's too plain. Uh, I no, see that's awesome. Mean. Then, you know, just, you know, because you have to refer to her with her full name, you know. Full Every name. time you call Jane Foster, you have to say it with a goofy accent, Jane Foster. Jane Foster. <laughs> So over the pandemic, you know, so one of the one of the cool things I've done since we've chatted is over the pandemic, I saw this documentary about this drive in theater in Western Pennsylvania called the Mohegan Drive in. It's been around since 1949. The documentary is great. Long story short, about five years ago, the owner since the 70s had a had a legit problem where all the movies are now delivered digitally to theaters. Right. And yep. He needed like twenty twenty five thousand dollars to get a new digital projector, which he just didn't have. He did a GoFundMe, a Kickstarter type thing, couldn't come up with the funds. And basically, it looked like that year was going to be the last year of the drive-in. Some young kid who just you know called Kismet just happened to be driving by, saw the signs, goes, "Oh, I didn't know there's driving there." You know, drove over to check it out. It was like when the guy was first opening it, you know, getting it ready for the season, gave the kid a little tour, talked to him for a while, told him, yeah, you know, if you like 
drive-ins. You better come this year because we're not going <laughs> to drive in next year. And the kid basically said, yes, you are. And convinced the guy to go retro instead of trying to compete with movie theaters, you know, keep with the 35 millimeter. You can get yeah. old movies. You can get, and they do these little festivals. Like a couple right, of weeks right. ago, they had a Thanksgiving weekend where it was old Tom Hanks movies. Um, and we've been waiting for, if they show a lot of horror, a lot of George Romero stuff, which is great. It draws an audience, a lot of cosplaying yeah. involved. We went down over the 4th of July weekend because we took the three dogs. We have a rescue dog, the dog we just adopted, and our other dog, Maru. The two boys and I, so we, the wife and I took two cars because you can camp there. That's one of the cool things. They oh, yeah. have a whole camping area. Yep. It's wonderful. And so we went down for a Karate Kid triple feature. Not a double feature, a triple feature. So it's uh, with uh, the one with the what's her face in? Uh, no, no, that was the fourth one. That came years later, but there okay. was actually a third Karate Kid with, okay. with, with, with Pat Marino and, um, and uh, Ralph Macchio there. Okay. Don't remember it. I only know the first two. You know, and, and there's a reason. <laughs> um, so since we've was come there home, a Grease 3? Since they've come <laughs> home, my little guy was so all up into it. Right. And now he's powering. We're powering through. The wife saw season one. I saw season one and two. But obviously, we haven't got the season three. But he, for him to sit and watch six episodes and be upset because we had to go to bed without flinching a muscle of Cobra Kai, all dialed in, like loves Cobra Kai, one of Joe's favorite movie, TV shows right, in the right, last right. few years. And it is. It's great. You know, it, it takes place in real time. 35 years later, you're like, let's check in on them. And it's, it is, it's fantastic. So I tell you that not just because, hey, I went on this little trip. Let, let me tell you about it. I, I wanted to see it. We're so glad we went down there. And then this past Monday, I get a text messages from a bunch of people. It's say, have you heard about the theater? Have you heard about the theater? Unbeknownst to the theater, the the people who own the land, the family that owns the land, right. they've been renting from for decades, option the land to a solar power company to yes. turn it into a solar farm. But, you know, so there was this big outpouring, you know, on their social media saying, hey, there's right. going to be a hearing, a zoning hearing. Here's the company, write them letters, call them. Here's the zoning commissioner's name and office, call them, send letters, you know, tell them how much it means to the community, how much it means to you, you know, and they said like, hey, people, because in the documentary, one of the guys who works at the theater comes in from Dover, New Hampshire, which is even Jeez. 20 minutes. Yeah, which is 20 Jeez. minutes further away from us, gets there, leaves Thursday morning and comes home Monday morning. And, it, you know, right. doesn't make any money, but it's just, right, right. you know, he's a film geek. He wants to keep yeah. it going. So that's the outpouring. And I'd say, you know, we, we spent money in the community while we were down there. And, hey, it brings money into the community. But if there's not much of a community. I mean, there's <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, that's one of my things. Um, so, Biff, I may or may not have done the following. I may or may not have called the company. I may or may not have been switched around 15 times. Okay. I may not have finally been given a gentleman's name and cell phone because he is in Los Angeles right now as the person in public relations I would want to talk to. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't call this gentleman and let him know, hey, my name is, I left a voicemail saying, hey, my name is Jacques. Uh, I'm a producer with the John Oliver Show, and we'd love to do a story with you about 
big solar coming in and crushing the hopes and dreams of this cult little fan following for this theater in Pennsylvania. We have openings three times next week. Whatever works for you, please call me back and we can line up a time. Um, About four hours later, my wife sends me a Facebook page saying that the solar company was not aware of the impact on the film community and how special this historical problem <laughs> was. And they're now looking for other, you know, was it, was it me and my phone call? Probably not. Am I saying, oh, no, 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 there was no phone call. Am I saying, right. I might not have made it. Am no I saying had that phone call happened, would that have made me a hero? I'm not saying that. I'm also not not saying that. So no, but I'm just saying that you know, if there was somebody who made such a call, man, that that person may have really changed the course of uh, this uh, company's actions. So you know, yeah, I mean, but dude, you know. literally, I mean, what when I'm when I'm saying, you know, and I said, I think I sent you some pictures. I mean, it's beautiful. It's up in the hills. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a cool concept, right? I mean, it's you know, old school, right? The whole thing is great. It's, it's beautiful. There's nothing up there. I mean, when we woke up in the morning, it, you're up in the mountains. It's like, right. And the clouds, you could like, if I had a, if I had a halfway decent baseball arm, you know, if I it was our friend, yeah. you could hit the cloud with, with, you know, a pitch. So it's, yeah. but in the 330 miles there and back, you know, there's a lot of empty space you can put a solar farm. You don't have to take the 72 year old theater. So, yeah. Um, but so, so speaking of, uh, I was looking from our podcast a few weeks back, uh, the movie list. Have you seen any of the movies on the list that we had talked about since our last podcast? I'm going to go see uh, Demon Slayer probably this weekend with my son on our TV because it's now moved to Amazon Prime. Oh, so, nice. um, I, I do want to go try to go see Black Widow, though, but I don't know if my family will be up for it. So I think that's definitely one that I do want to see. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. You know, you, you know, you know, you want to see those in the theaters, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Other yeah. than that, I don't know if I've seen anything that's out that I uh, I kind of want to see the Fast and Furious, right? Because another movie, if I'm going to see it, probably good in the theater, but we'll see. I'll see if I care enough. It seems, you know, that franchise seems to do a pretty nice, you know, it's just eye candy, right? Oh, it, that's it, all it. You know, right? I but saw. They seem to really do a good job on it. I saw a funny tweet. It's like, I saw Fast and Furious 9, 460 car crashes, zero airbags. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, but again, I always hawking back to, look, if you went and you saw, you know, a Transformer movie, you see a Godzilla movie and you're walking out feeling cheated because of the plot holes and the improbability or the, you mean you know, like, like how helicopters can possibly uh, lift, um, a Jaeger, like stuff like that. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like so. So you have to turn that shit off. Uh, I saw Black Widow with the family. It was the first time in a theater since the pandemic. Right. Yeah. You know, since uh, you know, we didn't run to the theater just before they shut them down. So it might have been a couple months before that. But yeah, it's been a year and a half. It was. It was weird. You know, I mean, it was nice that you could pick your seats and it was one of those spread out theaters. So basically, right. it's just the four of us in the row. So that. Well, yeah. So they're basically like limiting which seats you you could like they basically they're only only opening up certain seats is that what it is? Oh no 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 it was full thing but you know we went like Friday at like four thirty because she doesn't work on Fridays you know right. before the big Friday night crowd so so you had that so that was one on the list I saw the movie and I had it 
I had it as a drive-in movie, but we ended up watching it at home on Disney, the movie Luca, the mm-hmm. animated movie. Very, very, very sweet. But I had already saw when we recorded um, Army, Army of the Dead. You haven't seen Army of the Dead yet, huh? I have not. Uh, that's with uh, Bautista. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's Zack Snyder. Uh, takes place yeah. in Vegas. You yeah. know, again, another yeah. one of those. Dude, just, just. It's eye candy. It's yeah, no, definitely wanted to see it. Uh, I think take. my family may have seen it, right? Because it, it came out on streaming, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was good. Um, you know, the, the only other thing I haven't, you know, really t- talked to you about since since we haven't talked, I get this letter from the IRS six weeks ago saying, "Hey, we're having trouble with an ID." Like, basically, I got to confirm my identity. Here's a here's the phone number to this call, and. Okay. And, and, you know, on the recorded message, they're like, oh, it says within 30 days on the paperwork, but if it's not 30 days, don't worry about it. I call at least four to five times a day. Every single time, it's like, we're too busy, call back. Like, you got to go through the whole two minute and right, right. second thing, you know, and explains. It's like, and then it's like, you know, you have, this is paperwork you have to have in front of you. We need this and that and that. Please hold, somebody will be right with you. And then oh. there's that pause where you're like, oh, somebody's going to pick up. No. I'm sorry, which and then I looked, I found like I because it's like, oh, if you're trying to do X, Y, and C, all of this can be done on the website unless it's this code number, then you have to talk to us. But everything else you can go and like four times through the message, it gives you the irs.gov that you know, identity. Right, like right, what right. I'm like, oh my God. Then there's an advocacy like group through them. It's like a nonprofit thing through them if you're having trouble. I'm like, finally, I call that number, go through the whole thing. And then it, it goes, you know, leave a message at the beep. And then it says, your mailbox is full. Delete messages before. And I'm like, wait. How is and I looked and then for it made no sense to me, but then I looked at my phone. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any old messages. I don't know if it's a glitch in the system, but I'm like, you because you, you it probably routed you to the generic voicemail manager, and right. so suddenly, right? And hey, hey, guess what? Surprise! A phone fo- a phone number where you can't get through to anybody has a full mailbox, uh, you know, inbox on the voicemail. What a shock, right? Well, and it's like the you know the wife and I like before we did the taxes, found out the return. It's like okay, you know, we, we got some house things we want to take care of. We're let's let let's do X, Y, and C. Let's be smart. Let's do this and this and this. And it's just like oh my god, it's it's and and now it's like and we we were smart enough because. You know, this is the first time we're doing it with a house and it, our, our taxes are more complicated now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can probably do it now that I've seen what they did it, but we hired an outside pro and all that stuff. So that's that that's my woes. Um, but so we've talked about, you know, whoever might have called uh, this guy, Jess, over at uh, Green Skies Clean Energy, maybe be, being a hero. We talked about you know, Richard Donner and his superhero movies. Uh, but, you know, my new favorite superheroes, Biff, are the Democrats from the state of Texas. Oh, the, that went on a nice little trip. Dude, it's like, I, I, I mean, it's, and I saw like Joe Manchin came out of a meeting saying, well, you know, he's for this. He just wants to see them redo the bill. I mean, if they are the ones that get this bill passed, you know what I mean? It's like, and and, and so many people that I love, like, Elizabeth Warren, you know, tweeting out and, and making statements like, yes, the Senate, 
you know, the U.S. Senate needs to show the strength and conviction that these, you know, Democrats in Texas and the whole thing is like, you know, they're, right. they're being they're being threatened with arrest. And I don't know how legit that is, but I, I have seen, you know, there, there was a black representative who was just, you know, arrested, you know, at, you know, by the Capitol Police because she was taking part in a, you know, a, a black woman caucus like you know, fighting for voters' rights. Same thing, the right. woman the woman down in, in Georgia who had the audacity to knock on the governor's door because the piece of legislation was supposed to be signed in public and it wasn't. So he was actually breaking, you know, their state law, but she gets hauled away. So anyways, the, these people from Texas who got on the plane, just absolutely amen, you know, <laughs> weird thing for an atheist to say, but they're, they're, they're not wearing any capes and, and tights and right right you know of but uh but you know there, there, there are heroes among us and uh maybe a hero to you i don't know much about this but i wouldn't be surprised if you do steve wozniak is championing uh-huh. the right to repair movement oh no i'm not here i, I do not know what that is i, I obviously know who wozniak is but well basically know. you know you, you if you have an apple product and it breaks you right. can't fix it yourself. Right. You know, it's like, oh, you know, even even if Steve Wozniak buys a Mac and, and, it, and it breaks, he has to take it back to an Apple retailer for them to fix it. Otherwise, it voids a warranty. Warranty. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's kind of like a monopolizing of the supply chain. So, yeah. and, and, you know, and Apple Apple prices are, are high for across the board. It is what no. it is. Oh, Really? But so there's this big movement that of all people that's been around for a few years, but now, you know, he is getting behind it, like absolutely becoming huh. like the face of it and the spokesperson for it. Huh. So, which I thought, you know, spills over into the. I mean, he made his money, right? Why not? Right. Why the heck not? Well, any He's of a those... nice guy for the rest of his life. He made his money. Seriously. <laughs> you, I mean, that, that, that's money. That's money you can't spend if you try. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, speaking of spending money, if you can't try, I didn't put it on the rundown, but can I give a big fuck you to the three billionaires who are in a race to, to create a company for people? They're creating a company for millionaires to be able to take space joyrides. Any one of those men could solve world hunger on their own by you Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. So, I mean, it is, it is what it is, right? I mean, and the, um, and, so it's just another thing that they can make money on and there are people willing to pay for it. But I think that's less of a problem than the fact that we have a system where we have such wealth disparities that people, I think the most telling thing about it is, is that one of the people, another person was able to get a slot in an upcoming flight, I think with, um, with the Amazon rocket because another person had to cancel their 28 million dollar ride because they had a scheduling conflict and i'm kind of trying to put get this in my mind where i paid a reservation to ride on something and it costs me 28 million dollars and i have a schedule conflict that i can't move like really i mean so yeah so if you're at that level, I mean that kind of that's my uh, that's how I kind of understand. Yeah, that's I think what you call wealth disparity. I mean, I don't want to cancel like a fifty dollar whatever you know dinner or something like that 
you know, for, I mean, I'm going to try to find that freaking, you know, conflict and, you know, get it, get it out of there. So I, you know, I get my $50 worth. And this guy is like saying, yeah. So for this guy, $50 is his $28 million is basically yeah. what I'm thinking. I didn't know that, Biff. And now my life's goal is to find out what the fuck that <laughs> What is that conflict? I have to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I have to know what the... I mean... But you know, literally... Is it like a date with like some, you know, whatever celebrity or a supermodel or something like that? I don't know. I mean... I, I can't even... Like, it is un, it's unfathomable. But seriously, there these billionaires are in a race to create a market. Because let's face it, for the first 10 years, it's only millionaires who are going to be able to afford these joy rides. You know, maybe, maybe our kids will be able to, you know... It will be so commonplace by the time our kids are in their 40s or 50s that, oh, yeah, we're going to take a ride into space. But yeah. any one of those yeah, guys could solve world hunger yeah. by Wednesday. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, if it's that simple, but still, I, I think it just, once again, it just speaks for the, the fact that the industry exists is a byproduct of the fact that we have this huge wealth disparities where there are these people that's making these stupid money that they don't probably don't need to be making, right? So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, COVID update. Uh, you guys are going back on on some kind masks, of- Masks, baby! The masks are back! Dude. Tomorrow night. That's when they go into effect. Which I- 11.59 p.m. tomorrow night. Which, which I always love when they're like, you know, something like that, because, you know, everywhere across the country, and they say, oh, okay, so the bars are going to be closed after this Monday. Bars were packed on Monday. Like, how many people rushed to get to, oh, I better get to the bar because I don't know when it's going to. Uh, I mean, yeah. And I, I mean, are you, it's, it's, it's a Delta variant that is just out of control out there? Uh, well, I, I think that's what's going on. The, you know, the R0 is up to 1.4 in uh, LA County, which is pretty close to what it was a year ago this, uh, this time last year, I think. So, it, the infection rates are high. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to make what to make of it because obviously we're not testing as much as we did before. So I don't know what the numbers necessarily mean or how good the numbers are. But I think that the good news is that. Well, let, let me rephrase that. The good news for me and my family is that it looks like the uh, uh, infection rates are super low among those vaccinated and hospitalization rates are even super lower, you know, for those of us who are vaccinated. So my entire immediate family being uh, vaccinated kind of, okay. So it's an, you know, it's an inconvenience, I guess, to some degree, but I mean, I don't really care about wearing masks that much. I, it, my wife goes bananas because I'll just leave the mask on because I don't care. It doesn't bother me. And she, you know, so I mean, like I said, I don't care. So I saw, you know, the Surgeon General said, uh, what was his quote? Um, the misinformation campaign is an insidious threat. And and I'm glad that the Surgeon General is weighing in on saying that, but that Jack Apple has been there since the last guy was there. And when the misinformation started, and he could have spoken up any time over the last year. It's like it, it's gotten out of hand now. It's got it's it's completely out of hand. And the social well, media companies, I think, have an obligation to like work on their algorithm to keep you know keep from propagating this misinformation. But when somebody like that dude who had every ability to speak up, sure, he didn't yeah. want to get fired six months ago, or actually nine months ago, a year ago. You know? Yeah. yeah. I let, let's just say. 
and this is, uh, I had this conversation with my son, including Fauci, who a lot of people seem to hail as some kind of a hero. There was a lot of screw ups uh, by the, you know, CDC and other, I, eventually they kind of came to a, uh, to a direction where they should have gone to some degree. But I mean, certainly I, who knows how many, just from the initial uh, announcement that masks aren't going to help you by the CDC, how much of an impact did that have? I mean, who knows? And, and, I, and I, I toggle between we, we didn't have PPEs at the time. We didn't have enough PPEs at the time. So were they trying to save PPPs from, you know, all that stuff? Or, or and at the same time, we what we didn't know, we didn't know. You know, I mean, it was it was something that it took a while to, yeah. you know, if, if information changes, you know, then that's something different than, um, you know, if you don't know about that stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot. But the CDC, it became a sham. It, it lost so much respect because they would put out a statement on Monday morning saying X, Y and Z. You turn on the TV in the afternoon and you hear, oh, the White House is upset with the statement. Tuesday morning, the CDC would reissue the statement and dial back some stuff. So, you know, all these people could have stood up and said something. And now, and, and I, you know, now that the variant is here. And, but what's crazy is when, when assholes are like, it's fake, it's fake. So, you know, they used to say they were trying to make the old guy look bad. And now people are saying they try to make the new guy look bad by not getting vaccine and applauding at CPAC that they missed the vaccination goal. Yes. So Australia is apparently in on the plot because now just for show, they're shutting down. You know what I mean? All these places around the world. You know, we're going to get to the Olympics later and you can talk about that. But uh, the COVID. Oof, oof. But as far as L.A., yeah, masks go back on uh, yesterday, Sunday night. Is it Saturday night? Saturday night. So come Sunday. Saturday night at, well, Saturday night at 11.59 p.m. is uh, is what they're saying. Well, we will see how that goes. A bit of weird topic or sad topic to talk about. Since we've last talked, uh, you know, and I, I kept writing this down every time I saw a different news story, uh, and, and your second homeland of Canada the absolute oh, rash yeah. of these indigenous uh, children's mass graves. And it's not in right. one place. It's, it's nationwide. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and oh my God, there's just so much, right? There's the, so the, the mass graves on its own is its own horror. Right. And then the fact that it was, these were run by the Catholic church is it's another set of, you know, stuff. And then the third thing being this being part of this, essentially, uh, you know, this program to essentially convert these, uh, you know, these kids. I mean, we criticize the Chinese for trying to do this with the, you know, with their, um, uh, with the Uyghurs and whatever else, right. They, they do these, have these conditioning, you know, programs, right. But essentially, yeah, kind of stuff that has happened to, uh, you know, the rest of you know, the world also and kind of in relatively recent history. So, yeah. That's a scary, like we saw this movie, Rabbit Proof Fence. Um, it was a great movie. Yeah. And it, it took place in Australia in the late teens, early 20s. Right. And, and, and I forget, you know, it was a eugenics program they had. Right, right. Where, right. where they were going in and just stealing indigenous children. and 
basically if they had light enough, you know, dark skin, they were they could get an education enough to like the third grade, so they could you know basically right. run errands. If their skin was too dark, they would either keep them with their families or you know, basically make them you know their dishwasher, you know, uh, sir, you know, slaves. Right, right. Es- essentially, they would just randomly go in and just steal children. And there's an incredible story about this one little girl who, you know, there's a rabbit-proof fence that goes all over Australia at the time. Um, that she followed the rabbit proof fence all the way home. And it was like something 1400, 1600 miles, a six-year-old girl carries her two-year-old sister all the way home type thing, mm. only to be captured again. And they have this whole chart that, okay, if the light-skinned woman married a white, you know, they made it with a white person, that that baby would still be, you know, brown to a certain extent, but it would, and they had a whole chart in the system to how many generations it would talk, take to. Right, right you know, convert them. And, and you're like, wait a minute, that was just a hundred years ago, you know, and this thing in Canada, some of these graves are only like 60 years old. Right, right, right. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrid. And this comes in the backdrop of a lot of other activities. I mean, there are these land back movements by the first nations uh, in regards to essentially actually territorial rights. There's been some ugly, ugly conflict uh, certainly in the maritime provinces regarding uh, rights of uh, First Nation peoples. And uh, they have these, so they're, they're, they're given these certain uh, rights that are not uh, given to the rest of the country. Uh, some of them are stuff that people don't care about. Like uh, one of the things that I don't think people know about is I believe like say uh, First Nation peoples, in Western Canada are allowed to hunt whales because it's deemed this, you know, traditional way of life kind of a thing, right? And they hunt whales uh, as kind of sustenance, right? Not for commerce. So, right. uh, you know, they, they have an, a kind of an exemption to do that. Um, and, and they could, they could uh, also hunt for other uh, marine wildlife where they are protected for other people. And similarly, I think on the Eastern side, they have rights to do these, to essentially um, trap lobsters, even if the lobsters, uh, if, if it's outside of lobster season for the rest of the people. And that has led to these conflicts uh, that involve these uh, uh, First Nations peoples, uh, boats being uh, victimized by arson and stuff like that. And that's been going on for the last couple of years now. So there's a lot of this happening. So there's a certain kind of, um, a BLM-ish uh, reckoning that they're dealing with, with the First Nations. And so when this comes in the backdrop of that, it's kind of like, you know, with all this BLM stuff happening, imagine if we found these mass graves of of uh, of slave children, right? Or not, not even, maybe not even slave children, but yeah. these, you know, these black children right. from, you know, some whatever, you know, that's kind of what we're, you know, maybe in a way, you know, talking about, you know, obviously not apples to apples, right? But still, it's just the fact that we have this thing going on at this, all at the same time is just, it's just, so it is a kind of a, it seems like it's a point of reckoning. I'm in a, so I'm following it, but obviously I don't live there. Yeah. And I'm not really that as close to it, but I am, you know, kind of following it along. Like so, it's a, I mean, it, yeah. it's awful every way, but the fact how recent it is, you know what I mean? With, yeah, absolutely. With almost, absolutely. You know, almost, almost in our lifetime, you know? I mean, you know, 
like some like all these you know kkk lynching is hey in our lifetime so right right but but at least but at least but at least we're doing something about it in this country we're making a huge effort to not be able to teach well let's just say there are people who are trying to do (laughs) no there are people out there actively trying to keep us from learning about it right right right. you know it's like because we don't want the you know rich white kids to feel bad that everything that we've ever done hasn't been great so let's not teach any uh, you know but but i will say uh you know you know it's finally nice to see somebody like lindsey graham you know get get his hands dirty and actually roll up his sleeves and, and you know he has sent so many other people's children to wars finally this is a war he's willing to fight on yeah, the I mean, he, 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 yeah he's a man for the people and you know this is really you know representing his people i i think right oh 100 yeah. percent one hundred percent. Do you do what? 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 Why don't you expouse about it a little? Well, bit? you know, obviously there a huge uproar over some pro. So Chick Fil A, I guess, was planning or was working with. Uh, I believe it's with with Notre Dame University, right? To yep. uh, open yep. uh, uh, Chick Fil A, uh, and there was essentially an open letter protesting that move based on some of uh, Chick-fil-A's corporate decisions and actions, especially in regards to um, funding anti-LGBTQ activities and also for their open, openly anti-LGBTQ stance. And so obviously this is like, come on, this, this level of political correctness is just wrong according to Mr. Graham. So uh, that's so the war the senator he's from South Carolina is is tweeting right. the storm saying like I, I forget he, he you know he say, basically said this is a hill I'm willing to die on you know he well, so it's to- kind you know yeah uh, but so I expect in a couple of years we're gonna see the you know Lindsey Graham's war you know probably not as good as Charlie Wilson's war but probably not as good I'll see a movie version of this um so but about uh, my understanding is is that uh, Notre Dame is going to go ahead and open that Chick Fil A so. You know, so a bunch of Catholics who go fuck them too. Uh, so Biff, now, now, right on to the Olympics, baby. Right, right in there. How, how excited are you? Also, uh, okay. To to start with, I kind of like don't give a crap that much about the Summer Olympics in general because, you know what? There's no hockey. But regardless, uh. Kind of an important Olympics, but so it's kind of great timing that Tokyo had just entered an, uh, a new uh, emergency order uh, this past week, I believe it started. Uh, so people in the city are limited in terms of uh, there's all these rules about when uh, restaurants have to close and they can't serve alcohol and blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of stuff that's going on. And uh, Olympics is uh, going to start when? Was it next week? What? And, and no. so uh it, it was my understanding that there was going to be no tourism so like even the family right. members like the moms and dads couldn't come see their kids compete in the olympics and it was just going to be japanese that's not important just, is it <laughs> just japanese or just tokyo residents were the only ones who were going to be allowed but now it's like nope no spectators yeah i yes yeah, so yeah i mean bottom line is though it's a combination of things right because there was no way they're going to delay another Olympics because then, hey, guess what? Then we're back onto the cycle of, hey, Winter Olympics and Summer Olympics happening in the same year, yeah. right? So they don't want to go back to that. Uh, plus, uh, 
you know, there's all these, whatever, right. There's these expected broadcast revenue and everything else that's I'm sure, you know, uh, come into play, but that is kind of converging with the fact that uh, the Japanese government basically had a failure in executing their, and you know, kind of anti-COVID response for lack of better description. So real, very poor logistical planning and stuff like that. So I think in many ways, if they could have come close to having say the vaccination levels or not vaccination levels, but essentially the vaccination delivery that US had by this point, then I think that they probably could have had it because they're they're a lot more compliant about uh, vaccinations anyway, the people are. So they're willing to, you know, to, to get it in a much larger percentage than say the uh, US would be. It's just that the government failed to bring uh, build the infrastructure to support it. So that's awful. That's awful. Yeah, plus the plus the you know plus the vaccine contracting, you know the purchase contracting. Oh, and plus their own their internal kind of their equivalent of FDA being a little slow in approving some of those vaccines. So yeah, overall you know failure. But you know who knew this would like who knew that Olympics was going to be this year? Well, okay, so they knew for a year that it's going to be this year because it was supposed to be last year, but. Yeah, so that's where that's why they get ragged on for very good reasons. Um, so you know, it's funny. I was talking to our good friend Joe last week. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, uh little, little guys were doing a, a piano lesson, you know, on, on Zoom with their teacher like last week, and one of the okay. keys stopped working. You know, it, it happens. You know, right. so I said yeah. to the, I asked the wife, "Is like, hey, can you jump on like Facebook Marketplace? I'll pick up another, you know." you know, Yamaha keyboard for a hundred bucks this week, right away. She hands me the phone and there's like a dozen, you know, from 50 to right. 100 that are exactly the right. same one. And I'm scrolling right. through trying to find the closest one. Dude. Then I see this organ, this absolute, like, like night, late sixties, hundred switches, you know, huge thing. And it's free. And I'm like, okay. Nice. I'm at least going to go drive and check this thing out. People had it in their driveway. They brought it outside like before and it took three people to get it out there and it worked. I brought my little guy and it worked. I didn't know how big it was. It's like, okay, I had a run bar, you know, a van bar, my parents van to get it. Took three people to get it in the house. Took me and my two boys you know, getting it out because of the way gravity works was a lot easier than getting it in. Wait, so did this, wait, wait, when you say get it, it actually fit in your Hyundai? No, no. I had to run to my mom's house and borrow her. Okay. Basically, she has, so, a, so she has a huge van. She has a truck. Yeah. Oh, a van. Okay, cool. So, and, okay. And then, okay, and cool. It, it, so, you know, I, so then I'm like, fuck, how am I going to get it in? And I'm like, look, it's going to cost like two, 300 bucks. That's what she somebody. said. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take a skate around. Uh, two, or three, two or three hundred bucks people wanted to take it from the back of my mom's van to 20 yards into our house, you know, and I'm like, yeah. And then, and then which was fine because it was free. So I'm like, yeah, I don't mind that. But they're like, yeah, we can be there next Wednesday. And I'm like, I got to get this. <laughs> so I got it out of the van and I'm like, okay, I got the, the, the furniture dollies. I got on the steps, yeah. There's four steps into our front door. And I'm like, I'm going to see if I can do the thing weighs well over 300 pounds, but I, I, I could lift it up under one step, 
put right. a cinder block under it. And, and, you know, with my guys, my little guys, it's like, okay, you don't have to do anything. Gravity's doing everything. Just both of you stand on this side and hold it like this. So when I lift it, it doesn't sway. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, it took about 15 minutes. I, I was I was legitimately proud of, of how focused they were because it's sideways. Um but yeah, I'll I'll post a clip of it. It works. It's great, and it's actually reinvigorated them wanting to just sit down and play because of all. And let and the funny thing is, all these hundred dollar Yamaha keyboards all have those same sounds programmed in there. Sure, sure, but it's different though. But it, but it's so different, yeah. you know. It doesn't yeah, the, the, the way it resonates. It's completely different. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they figured out there's like eight pedals on the ground that they can. Yeah essentially just play yeah. just with their feet you know yeah. so, so that that was the big highlight but so joe joe's son wanted to see it he came over uh i yapped with joe and i'm like hey dude it's been a while why don't just for fun you know you do a couple um uh, self-indulgent theaters and he's like and he wasn't being he was being joe he's being really he's like seriously why don't you? You're funny. Why don't you do it? I'm like, I can't do voices. Like they all sound the same. Right. So, so I don't have any new stuff with that. But, but uh, I also don't have anything in video games, which brings I us. Mean, he, I mean, he can do Vincent Price, right? Oh, he can definitely do Vincent Price. So, I mean, there's got to be a Vincent Price thing that they can do with the organ, right? With the, all that, oh, whatever. Yeah. And now, right? now, now it's my life's mission. My first life's mission is to find out what that scheduling conflict was for $28 million. <laughs> That's one. And then my second one will be to have Joe and his son do some kind of, of uh, Paul Lynn, Vincent Price thing with the, with the organ. Yeah, there's got to be, yeah. Did, wait, Paulin had the Halloween special. Right? Dude, we, we will. I did a special right. Joe. I'm right. sure we'll come on and right. do. That was the, that's that's what that was, right? Dude, yeah. it was so great. It, it was so great, yeah. and it didn't air for 40 years. They have a yeah. restored copy on YouTube. It was Kiss's first appearance on TV, and they did four songs. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go down that rabbit hole when it gets there. Uh, you watching anything? I am watching. Um... I'm watching stupid things on YouTube, but let me tell you, tell I me. am watching, I am watching two things on YouTube. One is this guy who Japan has this concept of the food researcher, I guess is for, that's kind of how it translates. But these are people whose job it is to essentially uh, either find new ways to uh, prepare things or just develop recipes and stuff like that. Right. So these are your kind of like your Rachel Ray's, right? Okay. And they and so a bunch of them now in the in this, you know, in the world that we live in have these YouTube channels. And I this guy has it for whatever reason, he came on my feed and I said, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I'll check him out. So he has this basically shtick where he does a recipe and the recipe certainly has you know, it's he'll do something, but he'll kind of associate that recipe with like a concept. Like he's talking about, let's say um, uh, the, like there's, there's a cold dish. So he'll say something like, well, so when we're preparing a cold dish like this, what is the key, you know, key thing that we have to remember when we're talking, uh, we're doing this. So we kind of have to feel the dish. We have to be like the dish. So we really have to, you know, create, you know, get ourselves 
you know, into that cold mode. And what's the, what's the best way to do it? And it's always the same thing. He basically starts with that kind of a spiel as an excuse to bring out alcohol. And he kind of starts getting drunk before he starts preparing the meal. And it's like awesome. the same thing every freaking time. But the guy is actually pretty good. And because uh, there was a particular dish that is a pain to make. And he says, this is a shortcut way to do it. Try it. And it actually was pretty good. And I'd say, so this guy's actually pretty legit. So now I've actually tried a few of his techniques, you know, maybe not copying completely. And he's actually pretty useful and he's kind of entertaining. So I'm watching that dude. Dude, that's awesome. And then there's a, then there's a second one where there's this, this pretty young lady, probably like, you know, 30-ish. Um, and she works at her family's uh, fish business. So they have, uh, they have a, uh, a she's, they're also, a, they're a fishmonger and they also have a few restaurants. So, you know, they'll bring in, you know, they'll buy the fish wholesale and then uh, they'll, they'll kind of route some of the stuff over to their restaurants and they'll route some of the stuff over to their, you know, fish shop and blah, blah, blah. So, but because she works for that, you know, for the, uh, uh, as a fishmonger, you know, she actually starts off by kind of showing the fish, the actual fish, and she cleans it and she goes through the techniques of cleaning it and filleting it or however way they're going to prepare it. And so it kind of combines the kind of the end to end process for a fish, right? Here's the whole fish. Here's the end product kind of a thing. So I like that end to end stuff, including the fact that I kind of want to see a lot of the times I want to get the fish and a lot of the, you, you, I don't necessarily want to get a lot of the fish that I want to get are available, say, only in Asian markets where, where they'll, yeah, they'll cut the head off for you and they'll gut it for you, but they're not going to fillet it for you and stuff like that. So I kind of like to see what they do. So it, I've gotten gotten some cool ideas from them also. And so those are the two things that I'm watching, aside from my, you know, usual Japanese all-girl rock band stuff. Yes, yeah, that's where I'm at right hey, now, but I'm going to try to get to actual real stuff. No, no. Speaking of girl rock bands, uh, my wife has fallen in love with the Linda Lindas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the, they're, they're local to here. They're right? local. They did, they, uh, she, yeah. she, she showed me something. I forget what, forget, they, oh, they had a song uh, a little while yeah. ago that she saw, that she yeah. loved, that she played. And then they've popped yeah. up in like two teen movies recently that she's watched on um. On Netflix, like, right, right, yeah, you know, and they're yeah, great. Yeah. They can, they can, they're great. Yeah, no, they, 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 they had that angry boy song, right? See, they're, yeah. they're, 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 I can't remember the name of the song, but there was something about is they're singing to a boy, basically about how they're, you know, the shock the boy's a jerk, right? So, but but yeah, it was like, yeah. uh, you know, but they uh, they're they're great, and like all the you know yeah. Japanese bands that you send my way, like these, you know. These really, you know, cute girls in cute outfits who just shred. You know what yeah. I mean? The drummer's just awesome. I mean, it's it's, it's actually kind of it's it is kind of weird that like they're just so like technically proficient. It's like wow. I mean, you know, they're just. I mean, they're just they just happen to be a very. There's a few that where they're super technically proficient, but they're like the way you know, like okay, but they're the entire band's dressed out in princess outfits, right? It's like okay, cool, got it. Uh, I watched um loki of course you know it's a <laughs> yeah i was gonna binge it i mean i i do want to watch it uh but i was gonna binge it. oh but i did finish the mandalorian by the way oh both seasons finally yeah both seasons okay fantastic, fantastic. How, how, that scene when luke shows up yeah and, and yep. like, i mean you know and I, I knew that this was coming right i didn't oh, know how it was coming. Yeah. I, obviously you know i've been 
you know, it's been so long that yeah, I yeah, I knew that it was coming, but uh, you know, still 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 great, you know, still really great. When you see at the end of Rogue One that last scene where Darth Vader is just mowing through Princess Leia's right. ship, that you know, the right. first the first scene of Star Wars A New Hope is the last scene, but from the other point of view, right, know, right. From, from that. And that was the first time you saw what a badass Vader was. Well, this yeah. is the first time that you saw Luke the Jedi, right? Like, right. like young Luke from Jedi. And he right. just mows down those tin cans. Like, right, right, you know, right. And just every way possible that he could between force pushing, force pulling, between just holding the guy up and like, you know, crushing him with his hand, like, you know, force crushing him. Right. Uh, that whole thing. But what I saw, because I didn't know he was going to be on it, was it was they kept that secret pretty great. And then when, yeah. they're having, when they're having that scene and, you know, and you see that one X-Wing, you know, management and I were like, oh, my God. Oh my God. And they're like, Oh, it's one X-Wing. Great. We're saved. You know, sarcastically, yeah. but right. then the look on Moff Gideon's face when he realized it was a Jedi, a real Jedi, you know, he's like, yeah, this Mandalorian can kick ass. And you know, these, uh, these warriors from Mandalore, you know, are, are pretty great, but uh, yeah, you guys are about to see something that scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And you know, so obviously, I think Mandalorian is generally highly regarded, uh, as is Rogue One, but I think there's a lot about the the and I I get a lot of the arguments about the you know the the uh, sequels, right? I mean, the whole the, I get the some of the purists' argument about it, but I think in general, I think the one thing I will say is that when they did you know, made those movies. I do definitely believe that the people who are, you know, whether it be Josh Abrams or the, I can't remember the other guy's name, but um, I think that there was a certain uh, care that they did have. They may not have, they may have had some missteps and certainly the, you know, you know, uh, the, that last one was kind of well, tough in, the, right? I, I loved them. And, and, and look, yeah. like then again, like you just said, yeah. you know, the helicopters in Pacific Rim, yeah. whatever you want to say, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I've said that to my boys. It's like, why do people hate things? I'm like, everybody hates everything. You know, I, I mean, I, 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 honestly, if, right. you know, if the Mona Lisa was painted and put in a museum today, it would be shredded by critics. But, but I loved it. I'm glad you caught up with that. Loki, you know, it's funny because management and I, were okay as soon as she gets home from work Wednesday night we were watching it because it drops you know at like three right, right, more time yeah. yeah and then she would always inevitably get upset it's like oh I found a I saw a spoiler today I'm so upset I'm like I have it because I stayed off social media and so then we um so we went to bed really early Tuesday with the idea Okay, we're gonna get up early we're gonna get up at 6 30 and watch it before she goes to work <laughs> she doesn't have to worry about spoilers right. I queue it up. She's in the bathroom and she's like, damn it. I'm like, what? What? She goes, oh, I just saw a spoiler. Like, why would you be on your phone? I'm like, this is a you thing. I know my sympathies. <laughs> like, I want to be sympathetic, but we had a plan in place. Guess what? My phone's still over there on the charger. No, I, I looked up, you know, I, I, I've gotten the habit of leaving the phone in the other room to charge at night. So when I get up to go to the bathroom, yeah. I don't look at it and waste time and fall down, you know, get up, go to the bathroom, go back. And, and you know, um, 
my my little guy's uh, neurologist called it like sleep hygiene. You have to have good sleep hygiene. And so I'm like, I'm going to leave it in the other room. I'll get up and see, okay, did I go to bed early and miss a call that I, you know, should have or voicemail? Or is there an email that I should be aware of? I looked at the phone. There's nothing. I put it down. I didn't. You know, you know, the boot up screen will have text messages and stuff like that. So, but I did, I love Loki. I really did. It's a great watch. Honestly, you know, Emmys don't mean shit really, but the fact that all these Marvel movies, all these Marvel shows have gotten so many, yeah. you know, you know, WandaVision was great. Loved it, which had nothing to do and was completely different than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was great. And I loved it. That completely has nothing to do. But I will tell you this last thing of Loki. I'm glad I got up, you know what I mean? And I didn't want to see anything. Uh-uh. So I watched that. We're watching Cobra Kai. By the time we talk next, I don't know if Apple TV is releasing everything at once. I kind of hope they're not. But we binge watched Ted Lasso in two days. Um, I kind of don't want to binge watch it, you know, because I enjoy it. I really right, enjoy right, it. Right. So I'm looking. But the other thing, and I didn't put on the rundown. Are you on board with Kevin can go fuck himself? I do not know. You told, told us about it, but I do not know what that is. Dude, it is so so it, it, there's five episodes out, okay. and basically it's a six. Uh, and on which on which platform? It's on AMC, and then okay. the next day, and then the next day it airs on Amazon. Okay. So I'm not, you know. So basically, it's two sh- completely different shows, stylistically, totally feel okay. to it. It's a it's a typical four camera, you know, sitcom that we all okay. know. Here's right, the living right, right. room. Okay. Here's yeah. the attractive wife. Oh, okay. Married yeah. to the fat guy who yeah. is an idiot who in real life would never be able to marry a woman as smart and as pretty as her. Sure. Right. Uh, the, the wacky next door neighbor who idolizes, you know, Fred, you know, Bonnie to the Fred and his dad. And it's about this woman. Right, right. His name is Kevin, but it's about his wife. And it's, dude, right. it's the laugh track. It's the jokes you can see coming, and half the show is that. It half the show is a legit, decent, right. laugh track, run of the mill sitcom. But every time she leaves the room, it goes to a sure. one okay. camera okay. shoot. It's all shot dark. It's it it becomes gritty. It it's it's her life, which is struggling outside of dealing with this idiot in the in the town oh. of Worcester. Dude, it's like all the first two, the first episode. Oh, wait, so I'm, let's let's jump to Worcester. Let's finish it because I I do want to talk about Worcester after we're done with that. But yeah, but it's, but it's funny because it takes place yeah. in Worcester where I I work on a regular basis and I have some dealings. But yeah. it, they nailed the whole Worcester thing. They nailed he he's you know obviously a Boston sports fan. You right, know right. I mean that that whole thing plays into it like what. Sure. But when I say but when she leaves the house. And shuts the door behind her. Now you're, it's shot completely different. Like it's, and when she talks to people, like, dude, it's, it's, I, like with everything I try to explain, I'm doing a piss poor job. And jarring at first, the way it toggles back and forth. Right. right, right. She'll go to the kitchen to get something. And for the 30 seconds she's in there and comes back, it's, it's a drama. It's shot drama. It's shot dark. 
you know, interesting. It, the sitcom, it's very well lit. It's a four camera shoot. It's, um, dude, it's great. It, it's, it, it's fucking awesome. But I'm watching, so between Ted Lasso, which I'm excited about, uh, Cobra Kai, which by the time we will talk next, I'm pretty sure we'll be through season three. And I'll talk to you about it. And season two, you know, put a pin in this, Daniel LaRusso, um, he has a car dealership and his commercials have like Japanese, you know, music and he's, okay. he's wearing his gi. He actually, his, his big passion is pruning bonsai trees and he starts getting slammed for cultural, you know, appreciation. Appropri appropriation. And the thing is like, this is a guy who his father figure, who he went to Okinawa with a couple times, right. you know, and, and two, right. and he studied the culture and the language he worshiped, you know, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi became his father, his sensei, his guy through life, helped him start his car dealership. So he's not like, you know, oh, I'm going to like Led Zeppelin. I'm going to steal these blues guys music. Right, right. So he's paying homage to it. So, it, it, you know, so it's fun, the dialogue that that creates uh, inside. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing I, I just watched this week, you know, um, I, you know, I just. I heard an old interview with with uh, Regina King on NPR a couple of years ago that aired just okay. before Watchmen started. And okay. I'm like, you know what? I'm going back. I'm going back and I'm going to rewatch Watchmen. And I did this week. Dude, I don't know if you watched it, but it was she's first of all, she's top five favorite actors of mine. You know, she is just everything she's done is awesome. Right. But she is particularly great and this this watchman series there's eight episodes it's so good it's so good i could not recommend it more but you know but that's me you 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 get you got anything we should be watching other than japanese oh. girls videos uh i shouldn't say it like that these 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 heart rocking do whatever you i don't care baby metal i make fun of what you watch so um no i'm not making fun of you. every time you give me a clip i'm like but Dude, I make fun of what you watch. I would, I would 100% go to any one of those shows with you. Actually, Baby Metal is a fun show. Well, it used to be a fun show. It's a little bit different now, but uh, for the first few years, I've been to two of their shows, and it was a lot of fun. But anyway, no. The, uh, so I just want to go back to Worcester for just a sec. Yeah, but you did you see the uh, the Wor Worcester uh, uh, Sox uh, game event news? No. That was that was on. Uh, it was it was it yesterday or two days ago. Uh, apparently, you know, you, you know, people do the proposal thing or you know, yep, yep. Uh, game stuff. So apparently, the a guy arranged that, and there was a no. <laughs> oh, and it was. Oh, there was a no. And it, it happened. It happened at a Worcester Sox game. So there yeah. you go. There, there was a famous one at a basketball game a few years ago. Yeah, like like maybe it's like 10, 12 years ago now. Okay. And, but dude, oh, oh, brutal, right? Dude. Brutal. Yeah. Like I, I, I just, oh my God, my heart sinks for the guy, and then it sinks for the guy. But that poor woman to be put on that stage, absolutely, you know, absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean obviously, uh, he didn't have the quite, you know, he wasn't reading the room properly, and yeah. So there you oh, go, dude. That's all. Yeah. Well, my favorite tweet about it though was, uh, uh, so I think. I think the team announced, and today's game's attendance was 6,704. And then somebody repeated, uh, um, replied, well, it was 6,703 after the proposal. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, nice. 
way to bring a room down. Nice. So, so is one of your parenting tips to your son, make sure if you're going to propose in a big public setting that you know what the heck you're doing? Is, is, is that one of the yeah. parenting tips? I don't think it, I, I think that the pros, proposal can be a surprise, but I think that you should have that talk to some degree where you kind of have that understanding with the other side to say, hey, I think we're kind of, you know, moving this along to a direction that is beyond just us going out, right? Oh. I, I think that you probably want to have that discussion to some degree. Oh, that hurts. Even, and then after that, you kind of, you know, pick a time or whatever pick uh plan that that as an its own event and if you want to make it a big deal and make it a surprise cool but i still think that even though it's fun to kind of watch and whatever i would say that that venue is never the right way to do it i mean no. yeah sure, you both may be huge whatever sport fans you are but i think to some degree it's okay to have a certain level of privacy and have it be your moment kind of a thing right you know it, it, it's it, it's oh, yeah i i mean I, i'm just i'm flabbergasted on behalf of both of them because it's a humiliating thing for her to be put in that spot yeah it's oh. bad all around right? can, can we just yeah can we just take no no more of that shit no you know, no sorry you know it's um, generally a bad idea so my parenting tip is is you're old enough time to fly away uh my oldest guy's 13 and coming to visit you guys by himself it's his for i mean he's flown yep. truly back and forth he's flown to the middle east a dozen times on these 16 sometimes 20 hour flights these 26 hour flights if there's a five hour layover somewhere but this is the first time he's getting on the plane and and the thing is, we were all gung ho about it. He was completely excited about it. He's been you know vaccinated for a month plus now, like fully vaccinated past the two week thing uh, for over a month now. But now that the variants are there, we're like, oh man, does this mean Disney and Universal and all the things he was flying there to see? You know, I don't know how that's going to be like in two weeks. He doesn't mind wearing the mask, but I wonder how that's all going to be. Yeah, you know, I. Haven't heard much about it. I would I would think that LA County doesn't have the appetite to go into an actual another. Yeah, I don't think so. I I just saw that like Disney moved three thousand corporate jobs from Anaheim to Florida. And I don't know how much of that is, hey, you know, the, the guy over there doesn't care if there's another wave of this, you know, we better, you know, start going to a state where, you know, that mass exodus from, from California is continuing around a corporate level. But so my parenting tip is like, yeah, you're old enough, go see shit. You know, here's, here's your bag, get on the plane, go. Well, if it's safe, but you know, he's it, it's kind of flying on his own. I'm, I'm being selfish. If he was one month older, it'd be $300 less, but he has to do that unaccompanied minor thing. But the cutoff age is like 14. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, my, my son had to do the un- unaccompanied minor thing uh, because um, there was one time, well, only for one part of the trip. There was this trip that I took with him where I spent a first part of uh, this this kind of this Thursday to Sunday in, uh, in the Denver area. But then on Sunday, I was going to go straight to my client site. And I, w- I was sending my son back to LA where my wife was going to pick him up. But 
uh, I didn't have to pay anything because I bought his ticket on miles. And to top it all off, he was that privileged jerk on the, sitting in first class. Right. So, and so I took him to the gate, right? And I kind of introduced him to the gate agents and say, hey, this is my son. He's going to be on this flight. He's the unaccompanied minor. Here's the stuff. The wife's on the other side. He says, great. Have a nice time. And so, yeah. And so, That's of course, he, he gets to go in first anyway because he was in first class. But then he got to go in first first because he was the unaccompanied minor. And there you go. Yeah, that I saw, like, because we're doing JetBlue, it's like, oh, I can upgrade and he can get the early boarding and pick the seat. I'm like, yeah, that's happening anyway. So at, yeah. least, I, at least I saved I, I saved that amount. So yeah, Biff, it was great catching up. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I had a very enjoyable break. Um, I, I don't know how our poor listener like suffered through out hearing me like really poorly describe things and say the word like 561 times but uh, I, I love the fact that you said cultural appreciation appropriation cultural appropriation because uh, man it's kind of like the opposite but okay it is no well he, he was showing appreciation yeah but you know but i do and thank you for pointing out between my dyslexia and my speech impediment which i can really work on but there are just some words i have to focus on i can say Hey, give me a minute, buddy. I'll be there to help you with your algebra homework if I stop and really take my time and enunciate. But if I don't, it comes out, you know, hey, you fucked up your mother's vagina when you fell out of there and you killed her sex drive, you bastard. But it'd be hilarious if, you know, you were, you had all those, you know, speech challenges, but yet somehow you spoke fluent Klingon or something. Just that be that would be something I would figure out. Anyways, Biff, this was great. And uh, I will talk to you in a couple weeks. Well, I think it's important that you don't forget. Oh